Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Don't be too proud of this Voices from Krypton podcast you've constructed. You may speak superhero. But that is insignificant compared to the power of the Force. But it is a good show. I'll give you that. I'm Ed Gross, author of Chevron's Locked, the unofficial oral history of Stargate SG-1, coming this April from Nacelle Books. And this is Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we're also fluent in sci-fi and action. Today the focus is on sci-fi in the form of the television series Stargate SG-1, and that show's co-creator Brad Wright. Based on the 1994 film Stargate, SG-1 originally aired from 1997 to 2007 and spawned the spin-off series Stargate Atlantis and Stargate Universe, as well as the DVD movies Arc of Time and Continuum. Now, with the show having just celebrated its 25th anniversary and rumblings of a new version in the works over at Amazon, Stargate is very much back in the news. This interview with Wright, whose series Travelers is still streaming on Netflix, took place the day after you participated in an Ask Me Anything session on Reddit. And what follows is a wide-ranging conversation on Stargate, our mutual love for Star Trek, and wherever the conversation takes us. To be honest, when Brad and I get to talking, tangents become a way of life. I'm doing the AMA, and I and I do it for two hours, and I go, oh, that was a lot of questions, and then it refreshes. And there's like another 300 questions. Oh my God, how long were you on it? Well, I did two hours. I stopped for lunch and, and uh, came back and, and just thought, oh, I'll answer a few more. And I did it till like five o'clock. I wow. Four and a half hours of an AMA and I still didn't get to the ball. I started skipping questions. And That's especially crazy. These ones. You want to engage the mean ones, you know, you want to engage the ones. Sure. But then you'll get snarky too. That's the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? I mean, you'll get, you'll, you'll get some. So it, it, with all those questions, I mean, and this is one of the things I actually was going to ask you, you're, you're on this AMA thing and you're getting hundreds and hundreds of questions. What is the main thrust of all of those questions? Is there a main thrust? No, actually, it's a, I would say of the, uh, which is quite moving. I'd say a third of them were, I don't actually have a question. I just wanted to say hello and I love your work. <laughs> Words to that effect. And, nice. and, you know, you reply to the first 20 of those. <laughs> yeah, right. After a while, it's like, okay, t- stop telling right. me about my eyes. Assume, right? Yeah, assume I'm thinking you. <laughs> um, and it's, and it's um, I, I think the, the takeaways are, first of all, I was quite pleased that a good 20% of the questions, comments were about travelers. That's nice. It is very nice. And the, yeah. other, um, and the other thing that was very nice was that so many people said they had just found Stargate in the last five or six years. A lot of people said that. Yeah. That's I mean, I was great. blown away by the fact that a 25-year-old show is finding an audience today. Streaming. Is, Thank you. you know, one, <laughs> one of the reasons, uh, yeah. But it's also one of the reasons um, I'm sure Amazon will do something with the property. Uh, it's 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 inevitable. Everybody asks, you know, what what's the next show about and are you producing it? Right. I, my answer was I, I, 
I don't know, and I really doubt it. <laughs> it sounds like, I mean, did you see that, uh, the video that uh, Dial the Gate had? And uh, um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, you I know, know her. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how accurate she is. No, I, she's she's connected. Okay. She's quite connected. And, and you know, we're friends. So, I'm, you know, I, I'm not, there's nothing that she said that I didn't know. Okay. And, but now that she's saying it, I can quote her. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's right. You're not getting yourself in trouble. Um, and, uh, and I, and I didn't really know either. I, it's, uh, it's just, uh, uh, there's sort of a people are saying thing out there, you know, people are saying that Amazon is make, taking these decisions at the highest level and are, you know, considering the, the brand and the, and the, and the IP, you know, from the, from 30,000 feet, which they should. They should. You don't just go, oh, here's a James Bond script from two, three years ago. Let's make it. You know, you... <laughs> it's got to be more than James Bond, this acquisition of MGM. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, it's a multi-billion dollar purchase. And I have to think that Stargate is one of the tent poles in that. So, uh, and like I said in the AMA, they'll, they'll seek out an A-list writer. And I'm not on that list. So You should be. Well, <laughs> it's very nice for everybody to say. It's very well, nice you've proven yourself. Say. I mean, whatever happens, you have proven yourself between Stargates, Stargates, plural, and Travelers and things you've done. You have proven your ability as a writer. I mean, I'm not just kissing your butt because we're talking <laughs> to friends. I'm saying it because I think it's true. Well, I tweeted something that I think is uh, uh, appropriate, and I was trying to couch it in a joke, but I said... Um, Ageism is definitely an issue in my line of work. I was faxing someone about this just the other day. <laughs> were you then? <laughs> you were faxing them. Of course, I wasn't faxing, but it was funny, I thought, and and made it less of a complaint. Yeah. Um, it, but it's definitely uh, a, a part of it. And I, you know, I get it. I get it. It's so funny because you were such a kid when you started. We were all kids when we started yeah. something. But I was I was in my 20s when yeah. I started writing television. That's what I mean. And uh, and uh, I remember on The Outer Limits being like the, the really the young kid on the block. I was 33 years old, 32 years old right. as a supervising producer. And uh, stamina, man, I could type. I could really, I could really pound out a lot of pages. I, I wrote a whole script uh, overnight once that had to be written for so because Leonard Nimoy was considered doing the show and nobody and this the script needed a major major page one rewrite so I did it and Manny Cotto and I sat in my office and literally I'd finish a page and it would come out of the printer and Manny would make notes on it and then I would keep and I was just and I just kept going and and we stayed it was like three o'clock in the morning when we finished I went back I slept for a few hours the phone rang I they wanted me to come back in uh, and if, to say that Leonard had decided to do the episode, and I said, "Fabulous, wonderful," but, but uh, he didn't want to do my script. He wanted to do a draft that his son had written. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So it was it was all almost for naught, except his son liked my draft better. So we ended up fusing them. Oh, good, interesting. Yeah. And then, of course, neither one of our names went on, as happens in this business. Mm-hmm. You know, but but remember those days of that energy? I certainly remember what it was like to have this endless power of energy to plow through things. It's like amazing. I, I still have it. I just can't do it for, uh, you know, my, my I always used to say I have so much energy in a week and I can use it all in two days. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Well, I mean, in the sense that after you 
after you do like one of those jags or that last you know three 12 hour writing jags or 10 hour writing jags in a row your brain is mush on day three on day four i mean you can keep working but you're not going to produce anything good right uh you know, you can sit in meetings and go, mm-hmm, no, yeah, sure, whatever. And, and but you can't, uh, you can't be that, you know, on the ball. Adrenaline can only get you so far, right? Right. Absolutely. And I don't know if I could, you know, I, you know, I haven't been tested lately. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, having written the Superman book, I can tell you, working from morning to night for months almost killed me. I mean, yeah. it was it was insane. Mm. Uh, my my wife says I aged ten years writing that book. So. Well, the other thing is, you know, when you have someone standing outside your office door or on the other side of the, you know, town wherever it is, uh, basically waiting with their hand out for the pages yeah. because they need it today that that extra pressure adds that when you're when it's self-imposed it's slightly different yeah when you when you're in an office and 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 you know and and the whole crew is waiting for you to finish the script and you stop and you open your door and you go outside because you have to pee at some point <laughs> or you, <laughs> you have a diaper on one like, or the other right yeah. oh he's stopping to pee oh okay <laughs> fine <laughs> Can you afford that time, Brad? Really? <laughs> it's it's so funny though, because you're right. Because when you're under pressure, I mean, this is a stupid analogy in some ways. I just remember I was in college, and the night before it was due, I wrote a paper on Cambodia. I couldn't tell you anything about Cambodia now, okay? But I turned that thing out overnight. I got an A plus, and the professor wrote, uh, "Great job." Obviously, a lot of work went into this. And I'm like, not really, but okay. <laughs> That's well, responding uh, to the pressure. It was due. I yeah. remember I have, I have a few of those as well. And, uh, and uh, yeah, those are fond memories though. Yeah. The memory of the memory of staying up all night, getting in the car, having to deliver the paper. I mean, and, I mean, you don't, you wouldn't even have to do that now. You press send. Right. What a difference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all those college kids today could just sleep during the day. Now we had to get in the car or on the streetcar on the subway and drive. Yep. You know. <laughs> hey, when I started, I was writing for Starlog magazine. I remember on my typewriter, you know, you make mistakes. Yeah, you used a little whiteout or pen mark the corrections and then mail the article to the editor. <laughs> and it was insane. I I, I did a, a an essay on the Canadian writer Irving Layton mm-hmm. uh, in university, and the T fell off my typewriter and fell down inside, and I couldn't shake it out. Oh so God. the episode, the episode, the uh, essay was on Irving Layon. <laughs> and I just, I just wrote as though that you know, I just kept typing. And, and you had to add the T's throughout. Well, or? I did. I just hand wrote a T, and I missed half of them. Right. Uh, and uh, but, but uh, you know, that was proof I wrote it in the last night. Really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, but at least you can use some excuse like the dog ate your homework or something. At well, least you had it, a, a it good was, excuse. It was, kind of funny it was yeah. it was actually kind of funny my okay. computer keyboard uh, a couple of years ago transposed letters g and t or something anyway okay. it made all my tweets quite hilarious because they were missing or it was like unreadable yeah or, or, or the, the e wouldn't work at all something like that oh, it, okay. was, it, it just wouldn't work at all right. anyway uh so i just continued to to write without that vowel which is un- a necessary vowel it is, you know, yeah. uh, E is a very important letter. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> there you go. 
who knew you had a favorite letter? See, we're learning mm-hmm. things new about you all the time. Right, uh, we're doing a podcast. You see, now this is going to get me. You and I get into just a chat. Right. And, uh, and, and I'll uh, use some of it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll use some of it. Why not? Sure. Uh, it's just those chatting. But, you know, but but moving it on the subject, you know, when you said the thing about uh, Stargate, you know, Amazon taking the 35,000 foot view of their IPs and stuff. For you, and look, I know it's, this seems like an obvious question. If somebody else picks up the mantle of Stargate, as you picked up the mantle of Stargate, you and Jonathan did way back when, uh, are you going to be able to handle that? I mean, like, can you disconnect enough to say, all right, they're just going on without me? You know, time really helps. Yeah. Uh, it's been 12 years since yeah. it went off the air. And, um, and, and to a lesser extent, and I, this question was asked to me yesterday in the MA, and, and, and my answer was, to a lesser extent, it's already happened, even on the show, even on my own show, because, uh, you know, Rob and, and Paul and Joe, Carl, too, I mean, those guys became showrunners uh, on Stargate and, and stayed. So when, when Rob made an episode that wasn't the way I would do it, right. it that doesn't, that, it just means just because it's not how I would do it doesn't mean it isn't good, you know, right. and, and rarely, if ever, did any one of us say, don't do that. This is not good. Right. Like, this is a mistake. I think a couple of times Rob felt strongly enough about something to make me, to, to, to make me want to change something. And I would say, I remember on Twin Destinies, for example, <clears throat> I had Rush being way darker. I had Rush leaving him in the chair, leaving the other. Do you remember t- Twin Destinies from SGU? You haven't seen SGU yeah. yet. But in SGU, um, basically I had Rush mur- murdering Rush as sort of a, I know how evil you really are. <laughs> and, and, and Bobby loved it. Robert Carlyle loved it. And Rob said, you're burning the character completely. And I said this from a guy who wanted Young to leave Rush on the planet. That, that, that burned the character too. And he said, yeah, but he redeemed himself. And I said, you're proving my point. Right. Anyway, wait, I found a compromise that where they kind of both lived there at once and that, and that the other Rush wanted to be in the chair because he, he knew, he knew he, he would rather find out, you know, the meaning of the universe, which he thought he would by sitting in the chair right. and then die. Uh, if uh, that, then, you know, eke out a, a, a life or try to eke out a life with, with a, an exact duplicate of himself, you know, right. on the same ship. Um, and, and, and so, you know, the surviving Rush understood that. And, and in a way, so I guess Rob was right. And, and <clears throat> that go, I mean, the long story is, uh, going back to whatever they do in the new iteration, and they will, I'm sure, at some point, unless they really fuck it up. <laughs> well, yeah, there's always that possibility. Uh, I will probably respect it and like it and, and, and want to see it. And, and as long as they, you know, remember, I think, the important thing about what makes Stargate, Stargate. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, you know, also, they may want me to consult in some way, you know, without being the showrunner. Right. Uh, and, they, you know, they may not. I mean, if I was the new guy, I might not want the old guy breathing over my shoulder either. But. Um, but they may uh, they may recognize that uh, that I have my finger or for many many years, a decade and a half I had my finger on the pulse of what the audience wanted with Stargate and that might be worth something. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. To you, them. You know, hmm? Sorry. Just to them is what I mean. Yeah. I know it's worth something in the in the, in the general world. <laughs> but, oh, absolutely. But, but you're right. I mean, it would be almost foolish to turn around and say, I don't want their cooperation. You know what I mean? Or your, your advice or at least commentary, if nothing else. Well, not that I'm Peter Jackson, but they didn't ask Peter Jackson. <laughs> they did the new Lord of the Rings. That's right. And um, that's true. That's true. And it's so it's not as though he offered an opinion that they rejected. They just didn't ask. And they yeah. had, I think they had the capability. They own the rights to the thing. And I, I don't think it would have been that difficult to have the conversation with him. I just think they wanted to, for it to be theirs. Yeah. And to a certain, you know, to a large extent, I get that. I had no desire to phone Dean Devlin and Roll Limerick. Um, right. mainly because I knew they were already shitting on our on our show, mainly because it was like their baby had been taken away from them. And I I get that. You know, they ultimately I think, or at least Dean Devlin said, well, there must be something to this. It's still on the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But, he did uh, say that, yes. Uh, but uh and he and Jonathan have worked together, so you know, but but uh you know, you things can evolve and 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 change and get better. I will say this too. I don't think even if I did what I thought I what I wanted to do, even if I even if they gave me carte blanche to do the pilot that I wrote and and the series that I intended, there's no way in a million years I would have pleased everybody. I mean, there still would have been fans who went, this isn't Stargate. We're the ghoul. You know, it it would, you know, I would have I would have moved on. It would it was it was going to be 12 years from the last Stargate, there was going to be a new enemy. There was going to be new people. For me, I think the touchstone for Stargate to the old was going to be the cast members. Like I wrote Daniel and I wrote uh, Carter and I wrote O'Neill in, in, a, in a scene and intended to bring him back. I wrote Mitchell in and, 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 uh, and uh, you know, Sergeant Harriman. Uh, there, there were very, very, very many familiar faces um, as they evolved in their careers at, at SGC. And, and uh, you know, it was General Carter, you know, right. he was retired. And, and, uh, and it was fun to write those voices again. I, I, you know, I had plans to bring back McKay uh, <clears throat> down the road uh, because uh, my, uh, I had to deal with, you know, the, the you know, touch, I had to deal with a little bit of, you know, how, what happened to Atlantis and what happened to Destiny as well. Yeah. And and uh, plans to, I don't know if a new writer-producer would really, really want to inherit 300, I don't even know how many, 340-something odd hours of Stargate as canon. I don't and think they have, would. I don't I don't think they would either. Yeah. Um, so what they might do is is sort of acknowledge that that came before but don't not necessarily stick to it which is what star trek is doing right right star trek has very much stated that you know this is well or it's either before <laughs> uh you know the original series uh or in the case of picard after the original series but yeah it is all tied together i mean that that is all part of the universe so it is tied together yeah. that what jj abrams did in his movie uh was kind of clever by by changing the timeline yeah and uh but we did that in uh, uh to a certain extent in uh, stargate you know and uh 
And I mean, we did alternate reality Stargates. Yeah. Uh, many times. And I, I had, I seriously considered that when MGM was asking me as one of the doors in as a possible way of uh, continuing the franchise. So, and, uh, of having your cake and eating it too, you know, acknowledging that all of canon happened in a, in a similar parallel timeline, but, right. uh, and, and we have access to that timeline and knowledge from them. Um, but, but in our current one, uh, we're starting fresh. Maybe we should cut this out of the podcast because I, I should be pitching this to Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> well, you let me know if that's what you ultimately decide you're going to no, do. I, I think we're fine. We'll see. <laughs> you know. But you know, it's fascinating about the alternate universe thing is though it is great. Like I do appreciate what JJ did with the Star Trek movies. And as much as I have problems with Into Darkness, most, mostly in the fact that it rips off the Wrath of Khan, like dialogue and scenes, you know, it nonetheless presented this entirely different way in which Captain Kirk encountered Khan Nooney and Singh. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was brilliant because here they are sort of working together ever so briefly in the movie. I don't know if you've seen the movie or not. I've seen it. And and I here's here's how I came out of that movie and how I came out of the first movie. I came out smiling, having enjoyed it. And then I went, wait a minute. I hated that. <laughs> because they broke so many rules that yeah they i mean star trek rules not physics rules right you can't beam from i mean in in, in into darkness khan benedict cumberbatch's character who you don't know is khan yet right is in a ship shooting into stargate command with stargate like, command like, okay i mean <laughs> starfleet <laughs> command okay go ahead on <laughs> um, you know which are on the ninth floor with windows and very insecure. And he's just blasting, blasting away. That ship gets damaged. So he beams to the planet Vulcan from that ship. Right. Or the Klingon world or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. It's not yeah, the Klingon. Klingon world. Yeah. Yeah. He beams to the Klingon homeworld. Yeah. If you could do that, why well, have fucking spaceships? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I immediately went, what? But even in the first movie, um, they you know they beamed aboard a ship at warp. Yeah. What? Yeah, you can't do that. Yep. It's ludicrous. It's too far. It's too fast. It's it's impossible. It's some. And then I mean, it's just dumb. It's just because he wanted that beat, and somebody said, "Well, you can't be." Well, now you can. We'll just say you can. Well, Spock showed him how to do it. The future Spock showed him how to do it. <laughs> Drives me nuts. I, anyway, I, I see that. It's as if it's it's it's. It's dealing with the franchise as if it dealing with Star Trek as if it doesn't have to ever continue, and, and now we're stuck with this rule. Right. Let, let's forget Starfleet. Let's just beam everywhere. Good point. Maybe we'll get a Stargate and just do that. No, well, yeah, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same thing. That's why it? I keep saying Stargate instead of Starfleet. Maybe yeah, because I'm go. talking about Stargate for the last 24 hours. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be on your brain. Yeah, might be. Might be. Um, anyway, it's funny, and I wrote it all in an essay that I did for the companion, and. Uh, and uh, because they're never going to hire me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you might as well just do it. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you said earlier that you might have a problem if as long you don't have a problem as long as they keep Stargate Stargate. So let's ask that question. What in your mind is Stargate? What keeps it Stargate? Well, I'm, I'm kind of loath to just say it here in case they go, oh, perfect. Now we don't need to hire him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. It, it's, it's Stargate was 
it's a it's a show that took place in the here and now it is it is us now not not some advanced humans or and not in a galaxy far far away it's us uh complete with all of our flaws complete with our jealousies and pettiness and and sometimes inability to get along and 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 our lack of knowledge of everything like we we were young in, in the in the galaxy and and it was our youth and our inexperience that sometimes allowed us to win right i mean we wrote the line for thor uh we we're no longer capable of thinking uh in, in the way you are and o'neill said you mean you needed someone dumber than you to fight the replicators <laughs> and, and in a way that's what you know hang on we're freezing here no we did not have these beam weapons, weapons that uh galaxy were ill prepared for mm -hmm. and and in a way that's an argument for a reboot because we got very good and built spaceships and and you know went out into the world uh, into the universe galaxy at least and um and i think the other difference is uh is it could be happening right now which i guess frankly is another reason to do a complete reboot because uh it's almost irresponsible at this point after 25 years for sgc to have kept all these secrets and withheld all this technology and information right in a world uh, in a world where global warming is a genuine issue and pandemics are killing people in the millions uh advanced technology from that we found out there and find out there should be put to use uh it's like wakanda it's like hey yeah why are you keeping all this shit to yourself there's a right. whole continent that could use this uh and they, i guess they paid lip service to that in the original movie but it, it, that bothered me too and the humor you know the humor is yeah. the other thing there's this propensity and and uh the, repair it a little bit in strange new worlds frankly uh yes uh the uh were of doing shows devoid of, of humor and uh starkey was always i mean almost i yeah, it got dark we allowed it to get dark but uh rick was very like i don't know how to be this serious i can't do kurt russell's character because i can't be that serious for that long and i said don't worry neither can i right <laughs> right and uh you know it was the line pointed out in the pilot that that made me go that made him go yeah i can do this when i wrote the line when teal says i have nowhere to go and he says for this you can stay in my place right that's o'neill that's the O'Neill, that's the line that differentiates movie O'Neill from Richard Dean Anderson's. Please join us for part two of this conversation with Brad Wright, available now wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe to Voices from Krypton. Give us a five-star review and tell your friends about us. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.